0: What's up, everybody? My name is Austin Buckner.
1: And Trevor Holder.
0: And you are listening to the Ice Cream Sunday Podcast. And this episode, episode 39, is all about burnout. Uh, burnout New Vegas. Oh, shit, that's Fallout. fall Fallout <laughs> New Vegas. What's, uh, what's the burnout? That was clever. Burnout. Uh, point of impact.
1: Point of impact. <laughs> burnout takedown.
0: Burnout takedown.
1: Burnout paradise. I might
0: call the episode Burnout Paradise. I was trying to yes. think of like a good one, but I, I fucked it up.
1: Burnout. Um, actually, Burnout New Vegas is actually pretty good. <laughs> I'd go with that one.
0: <laughs> what the fuck? Where'd that come from? <laughs> um, but no, we just talk about. So we've talked a little bit about going on a break. Obviously, you guys saw that there was no episodes for like four or five weeks. Um, and if you didn't notice that we were on hiatus, then uh, I'm, I'm not kudos doing, to you. Yay. Yeah, I'm not doing my job very well. So, um, I we obviously we want the podcast to be. A weekly tradition for you to to tune in um, you know to open up your Spotify or your Apple podcasts or whatever app that you use platform that you use see a new episode get excited and uh, and listen every week to every episode Um, so we talk a little bit about why that hiatus happened uh, the feeling burnt out and how we felt burnt out in other creative avenues as well whether it be you know trevor's writing or you know music or wrestling or whatever creative process it is um the the feeling of burnout and and how to you know how to get through that so um hopefully you guys that are listening maybe you've went through that as well felt those as well and and can identify so um yeah i think this is a a great episode for anyone who is creative I'm, i'm sure you've all felt this way um, and if you have certainly, you know, hit us up, let us know, um, comment on, on any of the social media platforms. When you see this episode go up, uh, we'd love to hear from you. So, uh, once again, for the third to ninth time, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Cream Sunday podcast. So I think we probably talked about this or at least i have on on social media once or twice but um there was a time before we came back with new episodes this year mm-hmm. that i had considered just like not doing this podcast anymore at all um and <laughs> i think i put the blame on like other people Obviously, like yeah. I always do. But really it was just because I was like burnt the fuck out. And I, I don't even think it was the podcast itself. I think a lot of it had to do with like like uh well there was the wedding and then the honeymoon and then Vegas and then uh I
1: think it was issues with scheduling as just,
0: well. Yes, it was so much. Like I was yeah. so busy um and i know that's something we wanted to talk about today not just with the podcast but with like all of our hobbies all of our creative outlets like that feeling of getting burnt out and just you want to you want to create something you want like something fruitful to come from your your all of the the work and the effort that you put into something but god it's, it's so easy to just like completely fuck off on it no matter how much you love it like I know that you and I, just like before we started recording, we're talking about like like fed wrestling mm-hmm. um just like an online role playing d and d type thing for pro wrestling um that you and I used to do like loved it, so much fun, but it takes a lot of work to put that all together every week um and then like my music and like when I was doing pro wrestling and all of that, and you just it's so easy to get burnt out even if it's something that you really really enjoy. Um and I know that you had talked about like your your writing mm-hmm. as well. Um talk talk through that that burnout process for you and what how do you get through it? What what stops you from progressing? Is it writer's block? Is it an emotional just getting too busy not having enough time to do it or or what's that look like for you
1: so I don't think it's anything like um it, I, I don't think it's writer's block I don't think it ever has been writer's block um and I, I you know I wish I had a good answer for it and I wish I had a way to kind of explain how I've gotten past it but I just haven't um I mean, the thing is, I always get these just amazing ideas, at least to me, and I commit so hard into it so quickly, and it comes in, like, these bursts of energy where I want to get as much down as I can, because I know that, you know, down the road, I just it's just going to fall off, and nothing's going to come of it, um... I mean, before I get into that, you know, you, you mentioned the EFED and you're right. We loved it. Mm -hmm. I mean, we still do. It's
0: just... Still miss it a lot. I mean, like all the time, but like, so in in my perspective being so like I was the, the writer, the, the booker for Mm -hmm. this EFED, so, uh to compare it again to like a role-playing game like D&D, I would be the dungeon master, right? So I was kind of like a player, coach, player, writer. So I had a character, but like it was just to, to even out the the roster. Really what I, my main focus on was the, the writing. So basically how it worked was everyone would do a promo, whether that's a video or a written or audio, they would do a promo against their opponent. And then I myself or a couple other people who are like kind of veterans of the Efed um and kind of knew how it worked they would judge the promos determine which one that we liked best and then there would be a winner um and then kind of the the prize i guess or um the the payoff to doing all of these promos would be you get to then read how your match plays out and i would write that and it would be like three probably like two or three matches every week sometimes when there were more players it'd be like four or five matches a week and they're all like in google docs uh like four or five pages deep single spaced yeah. eight point verdana font like it's a it's a <laughs> lot like it's it was a it was a lot um and when i was doing the eFed, that was all of my free time so yeah.
1: it was. I mean, that's all. That's all we talked about. It was. It was the group chat, and it was everyone bouncing ideas mm-hmm. or, um, trying to come together and specifically talk to other characters to see how, like, hey, do you want to help me with this promo against this person? Yeah, because I think this is help, Or would you be okay if I used your character as was... a backdrop for? from my promo, you it, know what I it mean? It was really cool.
0: Cause like, so Nathan Tasker who played Ryan pastor mm-hmm. in our E-fed, like he's a voice actor. So like it really helped him. Really? Yeah. So he, he does a lot of voice acting. He does like a lot of uh, voiceovers for like commercials and stuff like that too.
1: Holy shit. I did not yeah. know that. That's so insane.
0: Him doing his audio promos really helped him with that. A lot of other people do like community theater and stuff like that. So just, it just helped him. It was a, a creative outlet. Um, and for me, like I always loved creative writing, and I started doing Efed and writing for Efed when mm. I was doing journalism. And journalism, at least back when I was a journalist, it was supposed to be just the facts. You go and interview people, and you just report on what they told you. And so there wasn't a whole lot of like creativity in in that. It was basically just. And and you do it for like a second or third grade reading level um, and try to just make it as simple as possible. So there wasn't a whole lot of creativity in that. So I started doing EFED so I could be a little bit more creative and a narrative. And these characters really became like some of my favorite characters, not yeah. just in wrestling, not just in what we were doing, but like, I want to know, and it's crazy, like as the writer, it's like, oh, I want to know what is you know, Kyle Griffin and Ryan pastor are a tag team. What are they going to do? Like, who's their next target? Who's their next victim? What are they going to do next week? And then you kind of sit back and you're like, Oh wait, I, I get to decide that. (laughs) Like it's me, like I get to fucking write what they do next. And so, um, that whole process was, was just a lot of fun, but it just, it took up so much of my free time that like, There was not a lot of like going out and seeing movies, not a lot of like playing video games, not a lot of like if I did eFed, the times that I was doing eFed, I did it for a long time from 2009 to 2019, probably
1: probably
0: for like 10 or 11 years. Uh, every week, a new show, like I said, two, three, four matches a week. Um, that for that span, I wasn't doing really anything else. Um, And I would have to take breaks because I would just get so burnt out. And then I would be like, I I gotta have a different hobby or I'd have to, you know, I'd have to do something. Um, And then, you know, uh, uh, I have a cat in my lap. Um, (laughs) But I would, I have to do something else. And then I would obviously, I would go right back to it because I just loved it so much. And it it was my main creative outlet, but I would get so burnt out. Um, and no matter how much, you know, I enjoyed it, I had to eventually permanently let it go or I would just get nothing, nothing done. And even like the free time that I had, like at work, um, you know, like I worked in, I worked at Wells Fargo and I worked in a, a call center and when it was slow and we weren't getting incoming calls, like I was on my work computer writing EFED or at least planning things out or making graphics or whatever. Like I was always thinking about that hobby i was always thinking about that thing um and it just got to be
1: too much especially after i had kids and you know i'm and see i think part of the part of the genius of like doing efed was you had no control over other characters you had control over your character Mm -hmm. how they acted how they responded uh you know so on and so forth so when you'd have to include uh you know other other characters or you know say trey cannon involved um kyle griffin or mm-hmm. maxi medved mm-hmm. you couldn't do your own take on it you had to seriously work around how they built that character
0: yeah and and i, I guess it kind of goes back to what the girls talked about on meatless monday uh, a couple weeks ago they talked about like life is like 10% what happens and 90% how you respond to it. Yeah. And the cool thing was like, I had been doing it for so long and at such a a high level, apparently that's what everyone says. Like what, what I made was good. And I thought it was, it was good too, but that I could write a story and not necessarily go to uh, John or Ryan or any of our, or John or Nathan or any of our players. And I could write, an ending to a match or progress a story. And it would be a surprise to them and their characters. And they, they trusted me enough with their characters to be able to do that. So then the real fun became, okay, I wrote your character doing this, or I wrote a match ending this way. How do you in character respond to what happened? Whether it be good or bad, whether, okay, you won the world title that you've been chasing for, months and months now how do you respond now that you have the title how does your character change and and shape shift and and mold into something different now that you are the champion or your tag team partner attacked you and now you're that's a new rival for you how do you respond to that um how do you as your character so you have to get in the mind of this character that you created how would he respond to you know, being stabbed in the back. How right. would he respond to success? How would he respond to failures? And it just it really became these this these scenarios that kind of opened up this creativity um and really this this emotional side of guys that um you wouldn't, you know, like we have guys from Canada, we have guys from the south and 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 you get these guys that you're like, you know, I don't think this is going to sound really shitty but I don't think a lot of them like dive into the way that we dive into like the last of us and like the decisions that are made by Joel in right. that game or the decisions in part two that are made by Ellie, like why they made them and like really try to break them down and understand those characters being in that Fed, we kind of force those people that may not do that. Like we do with either whether it be lyrics or movie scripts or TV shows or video games or whatever, we forced those people into kind of thinking the same way, but putting themselves in their shoes. Like, okay, you have this character. How would that character, not necessarily you, but you playing that character, how would you respond to these situations? And I think it, it was just a great creative outlet for all of us. But like I said, like it got to be where it was just, like every free minute I had, I had to use it on, on writing or it was never going to get done. And it just became so much. And I I think the, the podcast kind of became the same way. Um, in, in an essence, I'm, I'm very lazy. I feel like I work very hard on recording, editing, promoting this podcast. Um, but I'm, I'm very lazy in that this is going to sound really cocky, but, uh, things come relatively easy to me. Um, like the, the, okay. So like 2007, right. I, I, have been doing hip hop for a little while. I've been writing songs. Um, I've been making connections in like the Southwest Iowa area, up to Des Moines, out to Omaha, down to Kansas city. I've been making those connections while I'm in high school. And I decided I'm going to book my own concert with like my friends right? And the guys that I've been working with. And we probably had like 250 people there, which for a town of 1,800 people, little small town, and and booking it at a fucking 4-H building at a, a county fairgrounds, like 250 people is a lot. So first show I ever book, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I rent the stage from the high school. Like, I don't know what I have never performed live in front of a crowd before and it goes incredibly well and I'm like okay so that's the base level the base level is this wasn't that hard and it was successful when I get into pro wrestling I had I had created such a relationship with like Mark and Corey McDowell and the people that run 3XW that like I was getting a lot of opportunities right out the gate that I probably shouldn't have been getting just because of those relationships that I had with people. I wasn't an athlete. I didn't really have a character. I've just been around so much, and I know uh, uh, how 3XW works and how independent wrestling works that I was getting these opportunities to travel with wrestlers that had become my friends over the last few years that like, I got opportunities that don't usually come to people very quickly, very easily. So then I get into podcasting, and... Uh, Probably one of our, our, still one of our most listened to episodes. It's our first episode, and it's because Morgan has such a enthralling story, and she has so many people behind her as a cancer survivor. Yeah, that our first episode we upload, and it's very successful right off the bat. And it's like, wow,
1: that, we can do
0: this. We d- we can do this, and it took very little work. And then you see some other episodes that we have, and they don't have as many listeners. And it's like, fuck. Okay, so. It was really easy. Now it's not so easy. So let's burn it to the ground.
1: So do you think the fact that there was a fluctuation in listeners kinda attributed to the burnout? Like you felt a little like, bit, yeah. Like you felt like Oh, well, because it's not this good, what's the fucking point?
0: Well, the the saving grace for me anyway is that you and I don't live together mm-hmm. anymore and I don't live in Des Moines. So I can't I can't just like jump in my car, drive two minutes and see you, or better yet, walk from my bedroom down the hallway to your <laughs> bedroom and see you. I I have to make a conscious effort to come and hang out with you. That's the saving grace of this podcast because yeah. I don't see you in person typically unless we're recording this podcast. So it's really an opportunity for us to sit down every two weeks for two hours, two and a half hours and talk to each other. Uh, and so I would be I would be producing this podcast no matter what, because it gives me an opportunity to hang out with my best friend. Um, But at the same time, there was that back in December when we, we ended and then I got a little bit of free time and I was like, wow, this
1: feels, this feels
0: great to like actually sit down and relax and not worry about a podcast 24 seven. And then, then you look at your, you and I'm not, I'm not, trying to play the blame game and I'm not like, no. I don't want it to be a pity party for the listeners and be like, Oh, well, you know, I just got taught, you know, I got busy and I couldn't listen to the podcast. I don't want it to right. be like that at all. Yeah, yeah. But now that I do two podcasts, I go home and I I record, I rec- I'm record. i here for probably six hours every two weeks. And then I go home and then I, I probably put two, two and a half, three hours into every episode editing it. And then the promotion and making graphics and stuff like that. So like, again, much like EFED, it's a lot of my free time. And then you look at it and it's like, we only had like 10, 15 listeners today. And it's like, there was a little bit of me and it still is. And I'm going to have to get over it. But there's still a little bit of me that's like, I put everything I have into recording. Why are you producing, not listening? And then promoting this. And like, we're only getting... 30 listeners this week or, you know, 40 listeners this week. It's like, what, what can I be doing? What's it going to take for people to like buy in to all of this hard work that we're putting into it? Um, So that did lead to the burnout that it's like.
1: I mean, you could be super controversial or do DMT. Well,
0: I could do that too. (laughs) See, I could do that too because (laughs) There are times where I'm like, why is the algorithm showing me this shit? And you typically engage more with stuff that you don't agree with. Yeah. Like, especially on Facebook where there's like comments, um,
1: you know, you can't help the algorithm that, like, is going to show you
0: stuff that you don't like. Like if you're a, if you're like, I am a very like leftist liberal person and you see something that doesn't agree with that. Uh, JK Rowling says something fucking ridiculous again. And then that shows up in your algorithm. You're like, I got to comment on that. I got to read through the comments. I got to fucking argue with strangers on the internet. So I, we very well, we could start, I mean, we could Andrew Tate it and go all the way to the right and then start talking about how much we hate women. Um, and then, you know, we probably get more listeners, but that's not what I want. I want to be true to myself. I want to be true to this friendship. But, a, uh,
1: a little side note is I love the fact that Andrew Tate specifically is like, I love Romania because they're less strict or or like, you know, the consequences aren't great or as uh, dire as they would be here in America for things he's done. And then he goes to Romania, gets... Totally screwed on sex trafficking and all that. And he's like, Romania sucks. Yeah. Like, it didn't work out for you, bud.
0: So, what led to your burnout in writing?
1: So, a lot of it has to do with, um, honestly, I think it's just, it's distraction. Like like I was saying earlier, uh, I put so much into it so fast because I know I'm, like, eventually... I'm just going to drop off. And I have no idea why it's just like, I have these great ideas. I write them down. I get super invested in them. And uh, I, every single time I tell myself that I want to keep it going. I want to, you know, I want to keep writing and I want to commit to this and make this a thing. Uh, And it, uh, there's maybe one day that I have, off from doing that and it completely fucks everything up and and that'll be the end of it Mm -hmm. that's not to say I haven't picked something back up but for me when I write I usually tend to write um I don't know either fan fiction or um Mm -hmm. like original stuff that I do and I'll get so far into it have all these great ideas, have notes, everything. And then, uh, I'll either come up with a, an, with another idea. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's a great idea too. I want to, I want to focus on that and get that all on paper too. And then that leaves the thing I was working on before it kind of in the dust. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one thing I committed to and fully finished <laughs> was a, uh, some bullshit, um, Fan fiction story of Resident Evil Um, And this was before Resident Evil 5 came out So I made this whole story It's not great It's real bad But, you know, to my credit I finished it Mm -hmm. Um, A few years later I started working on this um, Halo story Which was a great concept Um, And again it, you know, it was before, like say Halo Five came about, where it, it was specifically like, hey, we're gonna make Spartans go against Spartans. Mm-hmm. You know, I had that idea before it, and I I just never got around to doing it. So you know, that comes around. And it's like, okay, well, what's the point in doing that? Right. Now? Um, but the two most Current ideas that I've I've come up with and, and really committed to writing was, uh no, I take that back. I have three. Um, I have this story that I've been that I've worked on for years. It hasn't really gotten far, but I know where I want it to go. Um, it's it's like this own take on Alice in Wonderland. Mm. That's kind of set in like this um, Dystopian future And Basically the premise is um, After You know after the world's been Pretty much Destroyed from like War and you know disease And you know all that You know your basic apocalypse tropes mm-hmm. Um, There's this giant sprawling like mega city made by uh, this company called Red Queen and it follows uh, like a police officer or something of the sort uh, named Alice who gets caught in between Red Queen being the supposed saviors of humanity and this terrorist uh, resistance group uh, led by a guy named Hatter, you know. Um, I'm really, I'm super proud of it. I know where I wanted to go, and I wanted, um, a good part of it was, uh, it was done as a narration by someone that is in the story, not, hmm. um, you know, not just some... Not just like a random third person. Like disembodied. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, nothing like that. It was a, a character that would eventually show up into the story. And in my mind, he's um, he's being interrogated. And whoever's interrogating him is, is wanting information. And so he's going through it, pretty much the start of the events and going up through it. And... It was a great concept, uh, really cool idea. And I just kind of fell off of it. Um, another one that I most recently started was I'm struggling trying to figure out a title, but I want to say it's called The Drop. Mm-hmm. And it's a very, um, very end of time style story where it tries to follow this you know more or less normal guy someone that if i'm being honest i've kind of imprinted imprinted myself on so it kind of mirrors a lot of how i would see myself and um basically it shows the events of I guess these, the, these bombs or Hmm. uh, without giving too much away, but it goes into a very descriptive, like, is this kind of like maybe supernatural ish or, um, just, uh, kind of like a science fiction thing where like aliens or, or something like that. Sure. um, But it goes into graphic description of like how he remembers, um, you know, when it started, how it started, Um, you know, people like him seeing people die. And then it does a time jump three years later and it's very clear like there's an established um, kind of uh, survived world. And eventually, the it, it'll involve like a religious cult and all this, you know, some of your common tropes. Mm-hmm. Um, but the third story was something I wanted to start writing for Caden, and I want what I wanted to do for that was write uh, a story that she would grow up with. So it would start out very, um very kid-friendly, mm-hmm. real bright and and happy, nothing too, you know, graphic or whatever, but something that could be passable for kids. And as she got older, I would write another story that matured for her age. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, right now, it, the basic idea is it follows a little girl named Piper who wants to be a sky pirate in a world that like, uh, you got these giant pirate ships that, that, you know, Mm -hmm. fly and float in the air and it's a very cool idea. And then I would like to eventually have that grow into, it can get dark and there is clear violence and danger and, you know, very hard subjects to deal with so and every time i get these ideas for each of these stories i'm like that's it that's what i want to work on and then like i said i'll get distracted and i just i i can't motivate myself enough to do it so i've talked to people and tried to get them to um help me keep accountable Mm -hmm. so like i'll i'll talk to somebody tell them the story and they'll be super interested in it and they'll love it and They'll be like, Yes, I will absolutely keep on you about it. And so, the idea for them keeping on me is they'll check in with me like once a week or something like that. And, I'm like, hey, how's it come along? And I'll tell them, Oh, I haven't worked on it, or Oh, I have this idea. Yeah. And I'll have essentially have them just be like, All right, do it. Like, when I get a hold of you next, when we talk next, I want to know that you wrote at least a few pages, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Stuff, whatever I can do to help keep myself accountable. And I feel like that's good. It's just, you have to rely and trust on people to be able to hold up to that too. And the fact of the matter is they have their own stuff to deal with. So it's exactly, you you can't. Mm -hmm. So, Mm
0: Do you ever get burnout on like non-creative things? I was just thinking about like, so going back to things being like, if if they're not instant successes for me, like I don't want to put the time and the effort into Mm -hmm. it. um, I just, I was thinking back to like, and she's sitting right here and she can't hear any of this, which is awesome. But like, I think back to the first few months of like my relationship with Amy and it was really rocky because i was not going to therapy and i was not on fluoxetine yet or Prozac um and i was a fucking mess of a human being and she was like hey get your shit together and then like i'm not going anywhere but like how about you work on yourself and then we'll work on us and um i think it because i wasn't getting that like instant gratification that instant like this relationship is success i was like well Might as well just fucking self sabotage it. And to her credit, she was one of the first ones that was like, How about you don't do that? (laughs) How about we don't? She can't hear me, but she was like, How about we, uh, how we don't do that? How about we uh, work on ourselves and then we work on each other and then uh, everything's all (laughs) hunky dory. (laughs) And then like four years later, we get married. How about that's an option? Um, But of course, like, I, (laughs) and I don't know why, like, this keeps, this was like my, My constant cycle of like, if it's not amazing right away, then like, I don't want it because every relationship that starts out like, Oh, it's amazing. And we're deeply in love with each other. Like four months later, I want to eat that person off a bridge, but like every relationship that I'm in, like right away, it's awesome. And then it's because like, I think you're working so hard to like impress someone that you're not really being yourself. And then with this one, like I was myself and she was like, yeah, that's not like, (laughs) that's not optimal. That's not ideal. (laughs) We'll work on that and we'll get to a place where everything's all right. Um, But yeah, like past relationships, I'm like, "Ah, this is fucking awesome and we're moving in together like right away. We fell in love like lesbians and we fucking moved in together. we got a (laughs) U-Haul and, uh, but um, yeah, I I think even with non-creative things like, I think that has always been my biggest hurdle is like if it's not amazing right away, I don't want it. And I guess like even um uh, I guess like jobs are like that too, especially after leaving um uh Pickleball Plaza, uh that like that job was so shitty by the end that like the first sign of any problems whatsoever with like management or going above and beyond what they told me the job description was or if I have to work like longer hours than they said I was going to like I get so fearful because I'm like you guys are just gonna grab me by my dick, and you're gonna take advantage of me, and just like it. they did—the <laughs> old <laughs> dick twist. Um, so yeah, I think, and, and, and so maybe not burnout, but like I, I think that's always been my biggest hurdle. As if it's not perfect immediately, um, I just I run from it, and I think I, I, I don't know. I guess I could probably go back in therapy and figure out like where that all started, but like. <laughs> Going back to pro wrestling and music, it's like I'm putting so many hours writing music in the studio, recording music, online, promoting my music, traveling to these shows, and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Like, it's the same people I'm seeing in all of my shows. I'm not building an audience, right, um, for music. And then with wrestling, it was like I'm, I'm in the gym. In 2015, I went from where I am right now, a big, not big, a little chubby, like 200 pounder. And I got down to like 185, the most in shape I've ever been in my adult life in 2015, 26 years old. Um, so I'm in the gym working hard, working on my cardio, promoting myself online. My body fucking hurts every goddamn day because getting slammed, uh, everyone thinks it's a fucking trampoline. It's not, it hurts a lot. So I'm putting my body through hell and then I'm working four 10-hour days at Wells Fargo. I am traveling. I'm leaving like on a Thursday night or really early Friday morning, traveling all the way up to like the northern part of North Dakota, wrestling a Friday night, getting up, doing a training session uh, Saturday morning. Then I'm wrestling again Saturday night, immediately jumping in a car, driving all the way back on Sunday, then working four for 10-hour days, and then doing it all over again. And it's like, I didn't I didn't get paid for any of that. Why am I not like, why am I not a champion already? And I know that like it's it's scripted and pro wrestling's fake, but it's like I should be getting something out of this. And I know that like the veterans of professional wrestling, independent scene, are gonna listen to this and be like, wrestling doesn't owe you anything, because I heard that a lot. Like wrestling owes you nothing. Um and that's probably true, but at the same time. God damn it. Like, I put so much of myself into this. Like, I should be getting something out of it. um, And and because of that, like, I, I feel like I still carry that through, like, everything. Like, like, the podcast or, like, relationships. And it's like, I put so much of myself into everything that I do. Like, I should be getting something out of it. I should be getting some sort of, like, satisfaction
1: back. And see, I... I know this is going to be way easier for me to say, but we're essentially kind of in the same headspace when it comes to these kind of things. I feel like every time you get burnout and every time that you get to the point where, like, I should be getting something, I feel like you hit that point and you get to, like, it's, like, the lowest low. mm mm-hmm. But it's always at that point where like, if you just, just stick it out, just yeah. that little bit longer, you know, uh, like you're going to see, the, you know, those dividends pay out and, and you just, you always end up stopping yeah, right before you get that, yeah, that breath and, you know, that relief. Yeah
0: yeah and I think, like especially when I get burnt out, i I, I tend to start like comparing everything I do to somebody else. Mm-hmm. go back to wrestling. I saw I even see it now. I get a little bit jealous. I see guys that like I went and I trained um in Marshalltown uh once, just for fun, just to get back in the ring, feel what it's like to bump again, feel what it's like to run ropes. And I see these guys that like just started uh, training in Marshalltown. Um, and now they're wrestling on shows, um, in, in pretty big spots, uh, on, on some of these shows. And I'm like, I just, I was just in the ring with that kid like six months ago and he was garbage. Like why, why wasn't I getting those opportunities when I was at that level? And it's just, it's, um,
1: it's because you didn't stick it out that little out. bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Or um, or like the the podcast, like I look at where our stats are, which I shouldn't look at at all and just, you know, like continue to promote and whatever and not look at like where we're at in stats and just be happy that like anyone's listening um, and just do it for the love. But like, I look at the our stats and then I go and I listen to like another podcast by like, like a local podcast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not like a celebrity podcast, not like Two Bears One Cave or Joe Rogan or anything like that, like comparing apples to apples and i i look at I listen to their podcast um like just small town like another Des Moines podcast or another Omaha podcast or something like that, um doing something very similar, and I listen and and I'm like, this sucks. Like and can, why are they so yeah, much better? And I compare myself and I'm like, why are they have more listeners? Um like I think that the um man, especially like the first four or five Meatless Monday episodes so far, like the things that they've talked about, the things that they've covered and, and the the real stories behind it and the emotion that is brought into it by those three women, like I would put Meatless Monday up against any other podcast in the world, um in terms of just sheer quality um and then they have seventy seven followers on on Facebook like and then i I because it's not successful right away, then I, I one side of me is like, all right, what do I have to do to get more ears and more eyes on this show um so that really motivates me, and then the other side of me is like what if I burn it to the ground? So there's, there's like, I get very motivated by that. I'm like, I got to make this the best it can. Like more people need to hear this. I don't just want more people to hear this. Like more people need to hear this. It's that good. Um, and then, you know, I feel like I'm very like bipolar about it. Cause I get very like, I get very manic and I'm like, fuck, like what, what I gotta do to get more people to listen to this. And then like, I get really depressive and I'm like, no one's listening to this. So let's just fucking shoot it in the head, take it out behind the barn and shoot it in its fucking head.
1: And you know, something I've noticed because of that is um, literally just yesterday, we were talking about um, trying to line up guests Mm -hmm. and figure out uh, who we want. And, how to go about it and so when I would reach out to a potential guest they asked you know very valid questions which is like hey what's the reach what yeah. you know yeah uh what are your stats what what are you about all this stuff and so when I asked you it was very clear that you weren't you weren't satisfied it's not that you weren't happy with it hmm or that you were you were um un you know, very unhappy with it. It was just that you weren't satisfied with it. So mm-hmm. it was very clear that you felt more negatively towards how we were than to say when I looked at it and I was like, Oh, it's not that bad. Yeah. Like really the only dip that we've seen was during our hiatus. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And so, like, you agreed with me and you, and you kind of went along with it, but whereas you want to just burn everything to the ground, I'm, like, that hopeful optimist that's like, ah, no, we're yeah. good. Just, just stick with it.
0: I think a lot of it was the majority of things I do, and I know that, like, when we did EFED, a lot of people asked me for help, and they're like, hey, I can write this, I can write this, and I'm very much like, I want to be like the quality control. Like I want to be in charge of that. Yeah. And if I, it's your baby. If I divvy out the work to other people, then
1: there's no guarantee it's going to be
0: correct. And so I get this, like if I'm the only one doing this, then all the blame can be on me. And I feel better about that. So,
1: I'm the same way when I train people at work. So like I totally understand.
0: So like I have a coworker, Mary, who's phenomenal. She went to she went to school for digital marketing promotion and that's like that's her wheelhouse. And she loves doing it. She loves looking at the data and looking at social media pages and figuring out, all right, where are you lacking? How can we increase engagement? Like that's just right up her alley and she loves to do it. And like as stupid as it is, because I consider her like a very good friend and we get along great. I've never had a problem with Mary at all. And like, I, I think the world of her opinion on everything, but it took a lot of like, this sounds so stupid. It took a lot of bravery on my part to go to her and be like, okay, so here's what I do. Here's where we're at. Here's where I'd like to be. Can you help me get there? As far as social media engagement, as far as building more listeners for this show, listeners that are going to continue to come back week after week after week, subscribers. Um, Not just people that are going to tune in, listen to 15 minutes, and then go away forever. Or people that are going to listen to, okay, for example, like we have a guest on. We have Abby Warner on, for example. I'm just pulling a random guest out. Sure. How do we take the people that will pop in and listen to Abby's episode because they're friends of Abby's. How do we convert them into people who are going to continue to come back even when Abby's not on the podcast? These are questions that I don't have the answer to. And like, for me, someone that has been doing podcasts on and off for like a decade, I feel like I should know the answer to these questions. And I don't. And that's very embarrassing for me to go to someone else and be like, hey, like, I consider myself a professional at this. And I consider myself, a, and I, I I go out of my way to to try to be impressive to like Heather and Melanie and Katherine and be like I can produce your podcast because I'm the shit and I know everything, and then to have to go to someone else and be like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and how can you help me learn what my the holes in my game are, um. Yeah, I I for whatever reason I thought that like we did really well. I thought we did better than I expected on like our first few episodes for Ice Cream Sunday. And then we kind of hit a plateau and then it kind of went up a little bit and we had a plateau and then it went down a little bit and then it's it's kind of these peaks and valleys. And then I just, I assume because like Catherine is very popular in the things that she does with Ren Fair and all of the community that, communities that she's in and then Heather the same way and then Melanie does a lot of like poetry and, and knows a lot of musicians here in the area I was like oh just based on their like the people that they know alone that people are just going to tune in right away Yeah. Um, and then I remembered very important rule of thumb is that sometimes your friends don't give a fuck about your hobbies and uh, they don't give a shit they just don't care so uh, you can tell them all fucking day that you like you have this thing and they're they like it's the same thing when i was doing like music or wrestling like i think i posted this on on facebook yeah i um, just being a little bit upset that there wasn't as many listeners um because i i like to throw pity parties for myself but like when i was making music it was like hey i have this show in kansas city or i have this show in lincoln nebraska um you guys should drive out to to lincoln or you guys should come down to kansas city and see me perform no one showed up and i was like okay i get it it's a different you know it's a whole state away whatever and then i wrestled and i'm like hey it's right here in des moines you don't have to go that far it's like 10 15 dollars you just go downtown you can see me wrestle and then no one showed up and it's like okay well there is some there is some money involved in it i know i'm sorry um there's there is some money involved in it there's like Time out of your day to make plans, maybe get a babysitter for the kids, right? So no one came, and I, I could understand that. And then we start a podcast, and I'm like, guys,
1: you don't. It's have to free go of charge anywhere.
0: You don't have to go anywhere. I'm asking you for like 45 minutes to an hour of your time once a week. Pl-
1: play it in the background,
0: and then like the not as many people as I thought would listen to that. Um, so then that's the frustrating thing. It's like, what the fuck am I doing wrong? Um, and it's just like, people are busy and I have to like put myself in their shoes. Um, but I think to your point, like, you know, you look at the analytics and you look at things and like the, the more that we, the more that we put into it, the more that I want to grow and we can get bigger guests because they're going to see it. And it's, it's cool that like a lot of our, like a lot of our first guests were just our friends, people that we thought were cool. At the same time, like we want to continue to grow. We want to, we want to, it sounds very selfish, but we want to use a popular artist or a popular musician or a popular whatever insert here. We want to like a local celebrity. We want to be able to use their popularity to drive them to the show, but we also want to be able for them to use us in that same way as sure. a promotional tool. Uh, we can't do that unless there's more listeners, but so it's kind of this weird catch 22. Cause it's like, we want to have more listeners so we can have bigger guests, but we want bigger guests to have more listeners. Um, So it's, it's a lot of like, it's a, it's a weird juggle, but uh, I'm bringing in a bunch of people, um, not a bunch of people, but a handful of people that are really experts in how to grow an audience. And um, so if you think, if you're listening to this or have been listening to this for like almost 40 episodes now and you're like, these fucking idiots get together in a living room and just talk shit for like an hour once a week and then upload <laughs> it to the internet, one, you're absolutely right. But two, there is also a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes to try to make this the best possible
1: experience for everyone. Um, it's definitely one of those things that, yeah, like when you boil it down to like the most simplest basic things, it's super easy to do. Yes. And that's at the most base level. But the second you go to any sort of level afterwards, it's like, oh, shit. Okay, how does this work? How Mm -hmm. are we going to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, so... I mean... We're trying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just think that, like... Like, even... It's so funny, but, but, like... I think it was... It might have been Jason Brooks or it might have been Oliver, but one of one of the guests came in after we got these, the boom arms. Yeah. And they were just like, oh shit, like you guys are like Oh, a, it was Jason. Yeah. I was like, yo, was you Jason. guys are serious. Um and it's just those little things that like, yes, did it make it more comfortable for us to record? Absolutely. We're not hunched over a table for two hours. We can sit back, relax, and enjoy. <laughs> <I think. laughs> um but Also, when you see this setup, when you see everyone has matching headphones and everything's really uniform and you see these boom arms and you see it all spread out across the living room, you see that those pictures online, then you look at it and you're like, oh, fuck, like they've invested time into this. They've invested money into this. And like, is it a little self-serving to like show people like, oh, like, well, look at that. Yes, it is <laughs> to some degree, but at the same time, like yeah did i did I get all these tools to help myself and make it a little bit more comfortable to record? Yes, but did I also get it so I could flex on my haters, Yes, I also did that as well, um you know,
1: and you know, uh going back to like getting our reach out there and you know whatever guess whatnot. Um, you know i'm i'm excited to see how this next uh this next recording session goes um because we're recording another episode right after this and um at the time of recording it is saturday and then tomorrow we get together again to record mm-hmm. uh meatless monday and some more ice cream sunday and the guest we have is a local artist who, in my opinion, is probably one of the best in the area, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, And he, uh, I think he has a decent or a good enough following that, you know, when we have him on and we say, like, yo, he's out on this podcast. This is going to be dope. We're going to have a substantial boost in... In people uh, checking out the podcast because mm-hmm. of that, um, you know, so like you said, we need to find a way to keep those people invested and involved, and you know, let them know what we're about and retain exactly those yeah. people.
0: Yeah, the retention's the biggest thing for me, and like how, like, like I said, like how do I, I take the people that came in for one episode and convert that to people that are going to come in and listen, you know, all the time. And guests are awesome for that. I mean, I think we've started promoting as of this recording, like Oliver is going to be on meatless Monday on Monday, uh, this coming Monday. And there's a lot of buzz about that more, more than, you know, bringing somebody in new, a new voice on the podcast for them. Their first guest is getting more buzz than just the three of them sharing stories. Um, but how do we convert the people that tuned in just to listen to Oliver's story that know Oliver, um, to then come back and listen to more episodes. And then the thing that I'm trying to figure out right now, and something that I'm trying to figure out with, with Mary as well is, okay, so you have the people that are coming in and listening to meatless Monday. That's our sister podcast. How do we then get them to listen to Ice Cream Sunday and vice versa? Um, So yeah, just a lot of things that, a lot of things that I'm motivated to to learn. Um, We've talked about this as well. Like, yeah, we went on a hiatus, but like, I, I feel like I would still have those feelings of burnout had we not taken like a month, month and a half off to 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 realize, for me personally, that like hey, I really fucking love doing this. Um,
1: And as, I mean, as much as we want to say, like, or as much as we know that there's a huge risk in taking a hiatus, especially for that long, Mm -hmm. um, I truly believe that we benefited more from doing that. And, yeah, a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, having a baby and that being the primary focus Mm -hmm. and all of that. The baby. Yeah, she she's kind of the best. Mhm. But um you know, that that was the primary reason. So a lot of that goes uh, uh contributes to the hiatus. So when we when we came back, yeah, it's like you know, it is a struggle to to kind of get mm-hmm. back into the swing of things. Do I think we'll get out of it? Absolutely. Do I think um you know, uh, quite honestly, I don't regret going on the hiatus. I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it was uh, for a benefit, not just to, um, you know, give us time with de bebe, but to help kind of recharge and allow ourselves to not get overwhelmed and not get burnout, out uh, like with mm-hmm. what you were saying and not blame every single person involved with the podcast, uh, you know, for not having a table cleared so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no but um yeah i i think from where we're going from here knowing what we know in terms of how to moderate ourselves for burnout and how to avoid getting overwhelmed i think we're in a pretty good spot to just go
0: yeah i think the hiatus was good just to it's kind of to, to refocus and figure out like, Hey, what's the vision for this show for meatless Monday um, to, to refocus on like, Hey, we need to like the recording schedule and all of that just really, it gave me an opportunity to, to kind of sit back and, and, and have conversations with you guys about like, this is how it needs to, to work moving forward. And, you know, so it was, yeah, I mean, I don't regret it obviously like things took a dip and we're kind of on the, the backside of that bell curve kind of, you know, building things back up again. Um, but I think in the, in the long run, like that, that time away to, to kind of rebuild and, um, redesign and talk to a lot of people that, you know, I talk to musicians and wrestlers and people that have to promote them themselves for their business every day and, and just trying to get tips from them. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning process, uh, continually it's, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And that's, um, something that, uh, I fucking hate dealing with, but something that I'm, I'm learning, uh, to, to enjoy the process and learn to learn to love it. So, um, yeah, yeah. Very excited for very excited for what, what comes next for both shows. Um, Mm. yeah, I think it will be exciting.